0: This episode, we dive deep into the Advent season. Talk about the three comings of Christ. Our Catholic Word Search, the Catholic Underground starts right now. All righty, well, you have hit play <laughs> somehow on the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast cutting through the noise. And bringing you the topics that matter, it's episode number 435. For those of you who are keeping score at home, I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and joining me, we've got Kathleen Lee.
1: Yep.
0: She's here. <laughs> yeah. We've also got Olivia Galeno. Uh, she's here as well. And uh, we've got uh, folks who are trying to keep the Jeff Star one up in the air. And
2: doing and, a smashing um, job. And
0: doing a smashing job. But it looks like it's going to be... Um, Pretty interesting show uh, for <laughs> for uh, episode number 435. All righty. Well, we thought that we would uh, just kind of dive right in here sure. and talk about the season in which we find ourselves. Right mm-hmm. now, we are in the midst of the Advent season. Yep. And so, uh, you know, for 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 better or for worse, uh, we're in the middle of Advent, yep. uh, at least when we're recording this show. And so uh, here we are. Talking about some of the yeah. ways in which we can truly dive deep into this yeah. Advent season.
1: Yeah, I think if you're like me, um, I like I know you know went to mass today is 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 the second Sunday of Advent. Um, but if you're like me, I was I was scrolling through Facebook, Olivia today, and um, I saw just an image of the of the Advent wreath. Mm-hmm. and the second candle was lit yeah. like and i've saw it in, you know like i saw it in mass but like for whatever reason i was like oh no <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's like the, it's like like uh, you know what it felt like it felt like watching um the uh beating the beast when the rose like the petals oh, are yeah? falling mm-hmm. i'm like we're so close to right? time we're like where did this come like where'd this go hey! so yeah yeah. Like, and I don't know about you, but like when I, when every time Advent, and I'm, I'm sure you guys listening and watching are, are in the kind of the same boat is that, um, Advent is this great time in, in the church to liturgically like slow your roll, calm down, prepare your home, prepare your heart, you know, take a breather, be at peace and joy when in all reality, it's one of the craziest times, uh, of your life.
2: Yeah. Of the, yeah, of yeah. the year. Of, yeah. Yeah. And I know I do the same thing because, like, when it's the first Sunday of Advent, I'm always like, oh, yes, I yeah. love Advent. This is not going to be amazing. This is going to be the Advent that I insert something here. Yeah. Like, this this year, my my goal par excellence was, all right, this is going to be the year that I finally read this book, Carol yeah. Houselander, The Read of God. And I'm nice. actually reading some of it. Very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, like, I hear Father Christie say things like, we're, like, halfway through Advent. And I'm like, stop it. Yeah. How did that happen? How is happen? that even possible? So, and like, I understand, you know, that it's like a mini Lent, like it's meant to be a time of preparation, but I don't know, like Lent always feels like, I love Lent, don't get me wrong, but it always feels slightly too long, you know, like around the five week mark. I'm like, all right, let's, (laughs) let's go ahead and wrap this up. That's enough. (laughs) I think I've purified enough, which is usually a sign that I haven't. Yeah. But then Advent comes and sometimes it's like one of those really short Advents where like the fourth week is one day. Right, um, right, right. But right. it's always a, a time where I have to catch myself and, like, be super intentional about, like, actually entering into, like, the readings. Yeah. The, like, the the liturgical preparation, not just, like, Christmas shopping sure. and things like that. Yeah,
1: well, and liturgically, is there. Like, liturgically, I mean, you go to mass and, and you know, that is is there is there's nothing lacking there no. um, it's in the rest of of our life that is so full of other things that oftentimes we forget to 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 make space to make yeah. room to not worry about you know baking 900 cookies now 900 cookies and setting up you know a, a ton of lights and yeah. you know and shopping for everybody now I'm interested to see
0: cookies do have their place
1: yes absolutely I ain't playing around as a teacher I'll let your girl I'll love me some Christmas cookies um, but I'm interested to see how this advent will be different being 2020 yeah and there you know um, Jessica my little sister and I were actually out uh, Saturday doing some shopping and I was shocked like that it was just insane people were out and I, right. you know I, I, it could go one or two ways like it could be a time where people are really like okay well I have some some space to actually enter into Advent. Um, just because I have to, um, but it could also be an opportunity that people are taking. You know, like, to, you know, I, I feel like even part of me, like, I'm like, this Christmas is going to be a real Christmas. It's not going to be a COVID Christmas. You know, mm. and so I'm interested to see how that pans out.
0: Yeah, and the beautiful thing is that no matter what happens, uh, that's where the church kind of slides in, yeah, and allows us to, to kind of plug into something bigger than just. What's going on all around us, uh, especially in a secular sense, too, because if we're not careful, we can we can definitely fall into that uh, that current, you know, Yeah. Yeah. which is why uh, one of the beautiful things that we get and it actually doesn't happen until the 17th of December as we kind of are Mm -hmm. losing towards uh, uh, Christmas Eve. But that's the O antiphons. Yeah. And I think it, we'd do well to, to meditate a little bit upon those because those really are, more than anything else, yeah. are the ways in which the Old Testament kind of show us yeah. where... Jesus is coming, mm-hmm. and yeah. and so I think like just the, the very first the very first one, O sapiencia, oh, huh? mm-hmm. o, o wisdom, mm-hmm. O wisdom from on high. And in fact, of course, if you're going to mass now and you're hearing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, that's exactly what you're hearing. Yeah. It's a little early, but still, it's okay. The O antiphons are usually sung. During Vespers, during the evening prayer of the church, before the Antiphon of Mary, before the Magnificat. Yeah. And so, O wisdom coming from the mouth of the Most High, reaching from one end to the other, mightily and sweetly ordering all things, come and teach us the way of prudence. And that hearkens to Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Isaiah, and of course, Jesus himself will quote this yeah. whenever he begins his public ministry. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, you know, that's one of the things that I really enjoy teaching. I teach the the young ones. So I teach sixth and eighth grade. Um, but what I'm really enjoying is, uh, you know, making the connections between, um, right now, you know, talk, we were talking about, um, uh, like the temple solomon's temple Mm. and you know we were talking about the altar and the the you know um the the sanctuary and i was like yeah you know and then there were these angels that you know these these seraphim and they were like i've heard that in a song i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. hello you know but making that connection between um you know that this that you know that this coming of jesus right was what the Israelites, what the Jewish people were waiting for, yeah. you know, and, and why it's such a big deal. And that's what I love because there are so many things in our faith, you know, especially when it comes to tradition like this, that, you know, we hear and we're like, okay, yeah, blah, 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 you know. like, mm. And to really say, okay, but like, can you see it? Can you see it? Like, can you see the mm-hmm. connection?
2: yeah,
1: You know, and, and, you know, we're going on to talk about St. John the Baptist and how he, um, you know, was talking about, when he sees Jesus and Jesus is coming to get baptized, you know, behold the lamb of God yeah. making that connection to, you know, back to the sacrifice, all of that, you know, culminates in, you know, in Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, what a great time as we're preparing to dive into some of those things that, you know, we might hear even every Sunday.
0: Yeah. That's as simple that, as calling Jesus the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we use that term, uh, probably more than uh, than the english in the middle ages yeah <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah whereas lord is someone who who is of a station that's higher someone right. who is a you know a, a member of royalty or a landowner or something mm-hmm. like that and when we call jesus the lord it means that we want him to, to rule over us right yeah we truly want him to rule mm-hmm. over us you know yeah and those yeah. are little things that like in mass we say it so much and so much and so much and we realize we we forget that we're we're talking about Isaiah's prophecies yeah. again, mm-hmm. yeah. O Lord and Leader of the House of Israel, who appeared to Moses in the fire of the burning bush, who gave him the law on Mount Sinai, come and redeem us with an outstretched arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even to call Him Lord, it means we're we're saying that you you are you are the Lord of the House of Israel, you are the Lord God, but I also want you to be Lord here of my right. heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I think one of the one of the The more I dive into, you know, like we were talking earlier, I'm halfway through my master's, and um, even now, like I'm, I'm, you know, diving into Old Testament that I haven't ever really spent time with, you know, in the last couple years, um, that I really haven't ever spent time with. I think that's one of um, one of the saddest things as Catholics, like we get this, you know, it's kind of like, oh, we don't know our scripture. But it's true, like we, you know, at, at the I think, and I, this is my own humble opinion, uh, but you I would, have it. I would thank you, <laughs> I would venture to say that the majority of, of, and uh, that maybe not the majority, uh, a large portion of Catholics don't know you know, what are our scriptural roots, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and why do we say these things at Mass? Why do we, where do these things come? It's not like, you know, somebody in the, in the Middle Ages decided to write a Christmas song and came up with, you know, I know, let's have the angels sing this song, Glory to God in the highest, you know. No, that comes from script. Like, it's, it's yeah, you know, and so even today when I'm, when I'm reading something and I go, Hey, we say that at Christmas or in advent, you know, and, and I'm like, Oh, this is where it comes from. And the connection between the old and the new Testament and then to what it means, you know, as you were saying about what, what does that mean to have the Lord be the Lord of our lives? Yeah. What is it like? What is the practical application of that today? Mm -hmm. You know, when you sit and you ponder on that, it's like, huh? God really knows what he's doing. And so does the, and so does the church, you know, the Mm -hmm. church doesn't just put this stuff out there and go, maybe, you know, maybe with all this, you know, biblical language, you know, it'll impress people. No, there's a meaning to it. There's, mm-hmm. there's reasoning to it.
0: That's right. And the beautiful thing about all of this is, is it's something that, that is so much older than we are. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it didn't just kind of pop up as I often say somewhere in the 1700s, yeah. but this has been uh, chewed on and thought over and prayed over for yeah. many, well now thousands of years. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that, like, In like the O antiphons, but also in just like the readings that we get during Advent, like both the Sunday readings and the daily readings, you feel like the groaning. You get to enter into the groaning and the yearning. Yeah. Because sometimes we we use that word waiting, and it makes it seem like we're waiting at a bus stop. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's a like a an empty sort of waiting. But like you hear in the even in like the first reading today, like comfort, oh comfort, my people, like. It's a groaning, sometimes a painful waiting. Yeah. But and and sometimes it takes a very long time. Like a God who is outside of time makes us wait, right? Or allows us to wait to purify us. Yeah. For a, a period of time, like I, you know, we're reading in the the O Antiphons and um, you know, a leader of the house of Israel, giver of the law to Moses on Sinai. Like I've been teaching about Moses this past week in my classes and Moses was like 80 years old Mm -hmm. whenever God sent him to Pharaoh and that whole thing went down and then they wandered in the desert for another 40 years. And like he spent most of his life in a period of kind of waiting and he doesn't even get to see the promise, but he believes. Right. And so like, I love that even in the waiting that we, we hate doing, right? We don't like to wait. We like the instant gratification, but we also don't like, Painful waiting, right? right. We want to do mm-hmm. easy waiting. That's
0: right. Yeah. We, we'd like a waiting room with chocolates. Yeah. yeah, yeah with a yeah. TV
2: on and like the highlights magazine. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, someone to talk to, yeah. right? But sometimes the waiting is just like us and God mm-hmm. and yeah. God saying, Do you have anything you need to talk to me about? Right. right. Yeah. And that can really hurt right but i love that like in the scriptures we have all these examples of like how to do that in faithfulness Mm -hmm. like how to return to that faithfulness yeah i
1: wonder too if we've if uh you know i wonder too if we've shifted that idea of waiting and the idea of advent and you know and 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 really um like really desiring, like really yearning for something. We've shifted that to this, the secular idea of, well, you know, if you wait to open your presence and blah, blah, blah and like there can be a connection between the two, mm-hmm. but we've lost that connection. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's now a completely like secular, you know, you have to wait to open your presence you have to wait till Santa Claus comes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, which is great if we can make the connection
0: back to why we wait. Right. Why we wait. And I think that's where, again, the Old Testament is so helpful Mm -hmm. because if you think about it, I mean, we're looking back at the, uh, at the coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we're in that, that beautiful in between phase, which we'll talk about in a little bit, Mm -hmm. but Israel was yearning. They, they knew that they had fallen from all of the covenants that the Lord had laid out for them. Mm -hmm. There was the Babylonian exile no. There, there was, uh, you know, th- their entire livelihood and, and country and the, the religious uh, connections that's made, the temple. They were expelled from all of that and they longed for a Messiah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know in our own culture if we have that sense of longing because we're so, it's so easy for us to just kind of put aside, uh, well, our death. And yeah. to put aside the possibility of heaven or hell, mm-hmm. that we only get this notion of instant gratification, we are kind of constantly medicating ourselves with yeah. with what the world has to offer. Yeah. Whereas Israel, they couldn't really medicate themselves with anything.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think our day and age, we prefer numbing over waiting.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, the, 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 yeah. numbing over waiting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Hmm. And yet, one of the other. Uh, Phrases that comes to us from from Isaiah is is the notion of Jesus as the key of David, mm. the scepter of the house of Israel. Huh? O clavis David, you open and no one can shut; you shut and no one can open. Come and lead the prisoners from the jail, those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death. The, this is all part of what Christ comes to do: huh? to open the eyes of the blind, to mm-hmm. set prisoners free, all those who sit in darkness they will be let free from their their prison houses isaiah 42 yeah that's echoed in that that very like the cusp of the old testament meeting the new in Mm -hmm. the canticle of zachariah that that was what john was there to do was to usher in this this preparation period yeah for the coming of the one who would set everyone free yeah and you know, In fact, I said it at Mass today, I think it's, it's because of, in, in large part, to our Protestant uh, brothers and sisters who um, don't have the sacrament of, of reconciliation, the, the sacrament of penance and reconciliation, there's this notion of, if I want to forgive myself for all my own transgressions, yeah, uh, then I'm the one who does that. Yeah, I bring that about. And that's, of course, nowhere in the Scriptures. Um, if, if Jesus is the key of David... Yeah. Then what he opens, no one can shut. Yeah. What he shuts, no one can open. And he wants to open the prisons. Mm-hmm. Uh, That—that that is our sinfulness. Yeah. And all the more, I should want the coming of Christmas Day, and I should want to do all of that spiritual work to allow the Lord to free me on Christmas morning. Yeah, you know, which of course for us as Catholics involves the sacrament of reconciliation.
1: Yeah, that's why I love you know um, the the program. The light is on for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and such a like, hey, if you want to prepare your heart, if you want to, you know, if you want to really dive into Advent, take advantage of the sacrament.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. You know, one of the things that we'll take advantage of here briefly uh, is just to let you know that you are listening to, you're watching The Catholic Underground. Alrighty, welcome back to The Catholic Underground. We are, in fact, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee, mm-hmm. by Olivia Galino, and by a cast of, well, two, <laughs> and the Jeff yeah. Star one, who are uh, keeping things flying. You know, we have uh, new equipment, and trying to get all that new equipment to, to work and to play together um, is definitely interesting for a live program. But look, we, we you keep know what? On going. We're
1: here, and that's you know, I I was reflecting back on when COVID first hit, and we we tried to do remote from all corners of the universe. Um, you know, and I thought, like, look, it's the same thing. Uh, you know, when we're talking about um, you know Advent and uh, and and. How it could look different this year, you know, people are just are just looking for some kind of normalcy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I mean for us, like you know, I know on our side, just to be here. Yeah,
0: abnormals are normal when is, we're sitting at this desk. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I, and I'm sure like to our to our listeners to those who watch, like when we don't have a show, um, that's what's so um. Uh, affirming to me is like when people we don't have a show people are like hey I didn't see a live show and we're like oh wait we forgot to tell you so thank you guys for like and like I've I've never received a uh, excuse me something was not right in the show look we love being with y'all and I think y'all love being with us so we appreciate yeah. uh, we appreciate you guys
0: yeah we certainly do and we hope that uh, that this perhaps this program is helpful for you one of the things that I read every year and it's like I'm reading it for the first time because it shows up in the office of readings for us who are priests and clergy and that is uh, this unfolding of the three comings mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, of course, who could turn a phrase, mm. uh, really kind of brings this, this notion, really kind of what we've been talking about, uh, into a new key. As we're talking about the coming of Jesus foretold in the Old Testament, St. Bernard uh, says that there are, in fact, not just the coming of Jesus at his incarnation, mm-hmm. uh, at, at, at the nativity, at yeah. Christmas, and there isn't just the second coming of Jesus Christ uh, mm-hmm. whenever it's all over. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But there's a middle coming, mm-hmm. a middle coming of Jesus yeah. Christ. And it's a hidden one, he says. Uh, let's see if I can, if I can uh, pull forth his, his words here. He says, the intermediate coming is a hidden one. In it, only the elect see the Lord within their own selves, and they are saved. So he says, yeah, the first coming, he was seen on earth. He, was, he dwelled among men. He himself testifies. They saw him. They hated him. In the last coming, the final coming, all flesh will see the salvation of our God. They will look on him whom they have pierced. And that's mm-hmm. important to note is that all will know mm-hmm. when Jesus comes for his, his final coming. But this middle coming, he wishes to be seen in his glory and majesty in us. He comes in spirit and in power. And this, of course, is where the sacramental life of the church shines, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, because we realize that at the sacrament of our baptism, that's when the key of David opens. Yeah. Right. That's when the gates of heaven are open to us. And that's when the the gift of faith begins to rest in our hearts. I think sometimes, believe we forget that that faith is a gift that is given at baptism. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And nourished by the life of the sacraments. Like um, I, I love to go back to like what the word grace even means like because mm-hmm. you receive the grace of baptism and yeah. it comes from the word gratia which is the gift mm-hmm. something that's given and so you receive faith hope and love uh in a supernatural sense yeah uh, in your baptism and that's like the center of god's life like yep. if we when we receive grace it's not like we're receiving something external to god right. like something is leaving god and like popped into us but we participate we are drawn into the life of god and that that's what it means to receive grace it's to to be drawn further into the life of god or to come back if we've separated ourselves from that life and and what is the life of god it's faith hope and love
0: i don't know that i've ever thought about it that way because you know certainly the proper or the the popular understanding of grace is that it's something that's kind of sprinkled on us you know yeah like this fairy dust, if you yeah. will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but grace really is the Lord drawing us closer. It's this kind of um this this magnetic gift, mm-hmm. right? Where where he he reconnects us to himself. Yeah. yeah. And therefore to his church too. Which I guess that's very old testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will draw yeah. you to myself.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mean think about like like what happens in baptism too. I mean, not like I'm t- telling priests what happens in baptism, but like <laughs> It's okay. I like, <laughs> need to hear it. I do. You know, like so baptism we we already know that this child is 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 born in the image and likeness of god as are we all mm-hmm. but there's a, a wound there that's damaged by sin and yeah. so the grace of baptism kind of heals that wound
0: mm-hmm. it doesn't and, just cover over it. yeah it heals, heals it, it renews it
2: yeah and so that child even though there's like concupiscence the inclination to sin that child is then healed that person mm-hmm. is then healed and then like you know like the fathers say the the image of 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 you know god in them was always there yeah but the likeness was made much more difficult, right? Yeah. The likeness was damaged. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's healed is the ability to become more like God. That's right. And it's not gonna be perfect, it's still gonna be really hard. But the more we participate in God's own life, right, the more God helps us to yeah. become more like Him. We can't do it without Him. That's what Adam no. and Eve tried to do.
0: Exactly. And that's where we talk about actual grace that leads to sanctifying grace, right? Whenever you um, are inclined to go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Yeah. That's actual grace acting upon you. You're being you're being kind of wooed by the Lord, saying, "I want you back." Yeah. And then when you go to the sacrament of reconciliation, which is a good thing to do during Advent certainly, is you are you are sanctified. You then receive the grace that makes you holy, that sets you apart, and and that renews and even uh, how shall we say makes you more and more and more and more like. Christ. And so that's where St. Bernard picks up. He says, if anyone should think that we say this middle coming is sheer invention, Mm -hmm. listen to what the Lord himself says. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that that's worth saying. That's exactly what growing and sanctifying grace is, is that if we love the Lord, And we want to be like him. I mean, that's essentially what we're saying, is we want to be indistinguishable from Jesus. I feel like I should say that again, because I think sometimes we think that we're reaching too high. Mm -hmm. But that's what Jesus wants of us. That's what God the Father wants of us. He wants us to be indistinguishable from his son.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And the way that we live, the way that we act, the way that we think, the way that we, um, our gut reactions, he wants those to be exactly the same as his Son says, so if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him. We'll make our dwelling with them. And Mm -hmm. that's what John's gospel reminds us is that he comes to pitch his tent within us. He comes to to make his dwelling within us. St. Bernard also says another passage of scripture reads, He who fears God will do good, but something further has been said about the one who loves. That is that he will keep God's word. He says, where is God's word to be kept? Obviously in the heart. As the prophet says, I have hidden your words in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Mm. And that's really, that's what this whole season is wrapped up with, is yeah. we're standing in between the two comings of Jesus Christ. Huh? His coming in the flesh, mm-hmm. and we are standing and, and looking forward to his his final coming. Yeah. But in the meantime, we actually can have our own apocalypse, if you will, happening within mm. us. Yeah. And it can happen over and over and over again. Yeah. Mm. And it should. Mm.
2: And I love what he says, too. Like, this is in that book that I feel like I talk about every year, this, this homily. Yeah, your oh, Advent. Yeah. It's my, yeah, my perpetual Advent book that one day I'm going to actually finish. <laughs> I never finish the Christmas homilies. Anyway, but I love that he says, um, because this coming lies between the other two, it is like a road on which we travel from the first coming to the last. Mm-hmm. In the first, Christ was our redemption. In the last, he will appear as our life. In this middle coming, he is our rest and consolation. Yes. And there's just such like a, you read that or you hear that, you're just like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, you feel like you can take a breath, but like, it really is like you were saying, you know, that the reality is that God wants us to be, like Christ, like yeah. you know, like that was the the sin, the crux of the sin of Adam and Eve is they didn't believe that God wanted them to be like Him. Right. Yeah. When that was the whole point. that was the trick. That yeah. was the entire point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It is for them to be like God. Yeah. And, and the, trick of the evil was,
0: one was saying that's not possible. He doesn't want that. He wants to keep it from you. Exactly.
2: Yeah. But they can't. Their their sin was trying to do that without God, yeah. which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I think about you know like what Mother Teresa even says like you it's Christmas every time you let someone you let God love others through you. That's what we're talking about. That's exactly
0: right. Christ manifests. He is made manifest in the heart, the middle coming of Christ, which is possible for each one of us. We're going to take a little bit of a break, but stay right where you are. The Catholic Underground continues very shortly. to the Catholic Underground. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, I sometimes feel like Catholic Underground is a duck. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? No. Like on the top, on the surface, you see a beautiful, beautiful canard. Majestic. Uh Uh-huh. And then underneath the surface, under the water there's a lot going on we're paddling like crazy <laughs> we're paddling like crazy to keep from the rapids that's great it's okay it's all right I, and sometimes I'm, i was watching ducks
1: today in, yeah. in city park in new orleans sometimes we just stick our head under the water sometimes we do stick it under the water except Marr.
0: there's no food there's no Dang food at all so so i'm i'm looking at our uh, monitor yeah. monitoring the jeff star 1 and and i see uh, i can't see ed but i can see albert and i can see on his video phone Jeff Blackwell, who is providing yeah. technical assistance from Aww. from afar, and uh, it's Love Jeff. Uh, hey Jeff, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you there, back on the show uh, in Woo-hoo. some form. Yeah, yeah. You can. He's you can, still in command. Yeah, there you go. Jeff is still the commander of the Jeff Star One. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, so, uh, so that's yeah, amazing. that's that's Catholic Underground, y'all. Um, all right. It's so like,
1: it's almost like Advent. We're you know, about peace and joy and stillness and and then we're running around like cuckoo pants trying to hit the 9.99 candle sale at bath
2: and body works amen
0: i, I saw that's picture. our show folks yeah that's right yeah. that's it that'll do it for us all right so yeah we are indeed talking about the advent season yep. and uh the different ways in which we can prepare for jesus to come toward us mm-hmm. but there is the inescapable reality That we are indeed standing in the midst, Mm -hmm. standing in the breach between Christ's coming and his second coming. Mm -hmm. And we talked at the last segment about the middle coming where he wishes to be manifest in our heart and to to be with us along the journey of life. But ultimately, Advent is preparing for the end of it all.
2: Yeah. Yeah, preparing for death.
0: Indeed. You're
2: gonna die. (laughs) And and I think that's like a a, something that the church reminds us of because that's what we talk about right before Advent. I mean, at the last things, Christ the King, the end of times, you know, and then we usher in this like it almost seems paradoxical that like we go from talking about like, you know, the apocalypse basically to like preparing for the birth of a baby. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and it can seem like liturgical whiplash, but there's a point, (laughs) you know, it's not they're not supposed to be divorced from each other. They're like Advent informs Mm that journey we know or we're reminded by the church that we're we were not meant for this world that we this is a preparation yeah. and that this is meant to sanctify us and prepare us for that last judgment and then we have to walk on that way but we're maybe kind of left wondering like how do we do that yeah and advent is the answer to that question yeah. that's
0: right there's even some notion in the old testament that that the coming of this christ child will be terrible you know, and the, and the real sense of that the the, the earth is is receiving God, mm-hmm. yeah, and and that there is something that is that is cataclysmic about this. This is kind of throwing off the order to establish the new, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's all culminating in the birth of this little baby yeah. Yeah. that, in our own culture, we would consider insignificant, sad to say, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and I exactly. guess maybe that's one of the reasons that we perhaps don't concentrate so much on the birth of the Christ child mm-hmm. as, as a baby Right. is because it means that we have to ask some deeper questions about how we look at life. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You
1: know? Yeah. When you talk about, you know, you know, working in the pro-life industry, that was, that's always, you see that, mm-hmm. you know, Mary's story is one of an unwed teenage mother who found herself pregnant. You know, of course and, she's, and she
0: was wed. She was betrothed. Yeah. 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 She was betrothed. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, I take that back. Yeah, rewind. Um, who Joseph, mm-hmm. the one that she was betrothed to, was was not the you know. <laughs> he bi- was he bi- was not the biological father. father. Yeah, that is so, correct. Yeah, and you so so can't. So she say finds that herself sure. in a situation where, um, you know, even before she she you know when when the, when Angel Gabriel, you know, appeared to her and spoke to her, like she. She had a choice. She did. Right? Um, and she said, she said yes. And so she said yes to not only this life, but what, what all would, would come after, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the unknowns. Right.
0: Because the thing about Mary, Mary knew. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mary did. She, she did. did. Ma- Mary knew the scriptures. Right. She knew everything. She, I mean, this is probably uh, if I place myself kind of in the shoes of the blessed mother for a moment. Sure. All of this had to have been racing through her head. Right. Because, again, when an angel appears to you, it's not, you know... Um,
2: oh, how lovely.
0: Exactly. It is not a television special. Right, event, yeah. You know, it is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet, so here is, is Gabriel appearing to her, and he's telling her all of these things that are really from the mouths of the prophets. Yeah. And all of these prophecies have to be racing through her head. Yeah. Um, besides the fact that she's trying to take in this angelic being. Right. Yeah. And... My goodness, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine and yet to be able to say yes to that. yeah. And so I mean, certainly that, that notion of uh, of making room for the Lord in this way at, at, his, at His coming is important for us now. But the Advent season is so much uh, more important for us too, because when we go to Mass, we are actually also preparing for the day in which the Lord calls us home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the particular day in which we breathe our last, but also at the end of it all, yeah because yeah. that's gonna happen too
1: yeah and you know what? I, I, I like I keep going back to the words of John the Baptist and he is not someone that you see like plastered on a Christmas card <laughs> no. but you know just in this discussion of, of like how maybe that's a challenge it's A challenge for me I think maybe that's a challenge for you is to draw near to John the Baptist's mm-hmm. Advent season with his words prepare the way of the Lord yeah and what is that what does that mean not only you know, in, in your Advent preparation, you know, but, you know, of this liturgical season, but in your Advent preparation of your life, you yeah. know, how are you preparing the way of the Lord, not only for in your own life and for, your, you know, in your own path to eternal salvation, but, you know, for the end of time, how are you preparing the way of of the Lord in your family, in yeah. your community, in your, you know, because a lot of times, you know, if we're looking at the the end of times, a lot of times, you know, if you're looking at, uh, maybe like a TV sh- apocalyptic TV show, or, yeah. you know, I think of all the zombie shows that I watch, it becomes every man for themselves. Yeah. So it's like, well, if I can take care of myself, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I need to get myself from point A to point B. I'm going to do that, you know, and look out for number one mm-hmm. to
0: try to not die. Right, I mean that's yeah. what all of yeah. these shows are about—is to try to not die.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. But in a reality, how are we preparing the way of the Lord in, for for other people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and not only walking that path ourselves, but taking as many people as we can with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and saying, "Come on, like this is this is the way. This is, you know, we're living past this." this liturgical season is phenomenal and it's the, the way that it's set up is in order to help us, you know, but it, there's so much beyond these four Sundays Yeah. Uh in December.
0: That's right. And I mean, it to I rarely talk about zombies and with good reason, <laughs> but if you, if you think about it, I mean, honestly, the, this, this fixation that we have with zombies is living forever, but in a fallen state. I mean, yeah. that's really what zombies are, right? Yeah. They're, they're, Creepy. they're undead, mm-hmm. which means that they're, they're dead, but they're not. Right. But there's no salvation at work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's
1: no there's no quality of life. And there's well there's it's the, yeah. life without any quality. That's right. Yeah. It's
0: kind of a soulless existence. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, I think that our world gets fixated on those things because it's a way to talk about what comes next. Yeah. But without without having to give anything to God. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and yet here we are standing uh, in in the midst of Advent, saying, Lord. I long for your arrival. yeah I want to testify to your reign over sin and over evil. and furthermore, Lord, I want to testify to your reign over it all. Mm. and I want to hasten your coming. yeah and and one of the ways that we can uh, run out to meet the Lord, I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention to all of the the um, the opening prayers for mass. Mm-hmm. I know I have, <laughs> but uh, the first Sunday of Advent, it says, uh, let's see if I can find this here. Um, except we pray. Nope, that's the wrong one. That's the prayer. With, uh, grant your faithful we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at His coming, mm. so that gathered at His right hand they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Mm. That's apocalyptic right there. But that's exactly what we're called to do in the midst of Advent. At the beginning, the first Sunday, is we want to run forth to meet Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We want to run that gauntlet. You
2: know. And I think sometimes we get concerned, or at least maybe like I'm speaking for myself, but like we get we can get concerned with like, why I want to go towards Jesus, maybe even just the desire to want that, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid that I'll have nothing to give Him when I'm there. Oh yeah, you know, and I think that like
0: the little drummer boy, <laughs> sure, <laughs> all I got's yeah. my drum. Yeah. but yeah. I think
2: like you know, I think we we can overlook the fact that. The longing itself is a gift. Yeah. If we are entering into that longing, if right. we run from it, or if we try to fill it with other things, mm-hmm. or if we just kind of depend on someone else to to prepare the way of the Lord, you know, no one can do that for us. Yeah. But like, if we just genuinely enter into that longing, mm-hmm. like I, I think about so part of the Passover, um, if you want to call it a liturgy, but like the part of the Passover, like. Haggadah is what it's called. Yeah. Um, is this poem called the Dayenu. Mm-hmm. I think I've talked about it before and I love it because it specifically talks about like it goes through each of the parts of God freeing the Israelites from their enslavement in Egypt mm-hmm. and it kind of builds on itself, you know, so um if he had taken us out of Egypt and not made judgments on them, it would have been enough. That's what mm-hmm. Dianu means in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. It would have been enough. And then it just builds, right? If he had made judgments on them and had not made them on their gods, it still would have been enough. And it just builds and builds until they get to the point where they're talking about making the covenant on Mount Sinai, mm-hmm. right? If he had brought us close to Mount Sinai and had not given us the Torah, it would have been enough. If he had given us the Torah and had not brought us into the land of, of Israel, it would have been enough. And I think like that's part of the longing is the gratitude, mm-hmm. right? That like, What God has given me, even if it's this sense of longing, even if it's a poverty, like I love that so much of the Advent readings, like, um, this book that I'm trying to read right now, my Advent project is Carol Hauslander, the read of God. And she starts off just talking about Mary's poverty. Yeah. Like her, the fact of her virginity is really just a testament to her poverty, Yeah, but that she was willing to be empty for the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about that intention of like how um, I already have this or am this. What do I do with it? You know, what direction do I move in there?
0: Reminds me of the the Book of Job, where where you know Job, of course, has been emptied completely, mm. and he says, "Naked I came forth from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return." Mm. And I think sometimes we're afraid to return to the Lord naked, yeah. because you know the the only thing that we have to show is is our longing, our desire for Him, and then the righteous deeds that we have that we have undertaken to show that we're serious about longing for him. You know, I think sometimes we think that our righteous deeds have to be um, kind of perfectly packaged. Right. And yet, uh, again, I never thought I'd quote the little drummer boy, but like the only thing he had was, was this small little thing. He had his, his gift and talent that he wanted to give back to the Christ child. Yeah. And, and that's really what the Lord simply asks of us is, are you willing to come toward me as I'm coming toward you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it is enough. And to be able to be like Mary, to say, Lord, all I have is my desire, my yes, to have you enter into my life and change it. And because I have that desire, I'm going to attempt to live for you. I'm going to attempt to live for something more than just myself, for more than yeah. just filling my appetites. Yeah. With that which can't satisfy. hmm also kind of beautiful too that uh, we we aren't alone as we make our advent journey because our lady kind of journeys with us yeah as well as the saints you know we have all yeah. the, we have a lot of action-packed things yeah. that take place
1: there are like if you look at the calendar yep. between the know, end of
0: november we, and december and 25th Dece-
1: yes it's chock full of of you know um feasts that we celebrate you know liturgically Mm -hmm. but also you know feast like like today if you're if you are watching this live today is december 6th um while it is also the second uh sunday in advent it is also the feast of saint nicholas Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i had
0: a number of my parishioners that brought me their saint nicholas gifts that they received from saint nick yeah and and so like blessed
1: even even you know Santa Claus, yep. right? This guy that that, you know, we put in a big red suit and you know, a big fat <laughs> Cart guy him out to a mall, right? Yeah. And you know and and take, you know, pictures with him. Like he, he there he's a Catholic saint. Mm-hmm. And not very many people know this and his feast day is not, you know, December 25th. Mm-hmm. It's actually December 6th and yep. and you know, one of the great stories of of him is that he Provided for three young women their dowries, mm-hmm. um, in order for them to get married because they were living in poverty, yep. and he provided for that. And so, you know, he would drop gold coins in their in their home.
0: Yep, down the chimney, yeah. as it were.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> I think so. Uh, but the way that we celebrate uh, Saint Nicholas Day, and and now in the United States, not so much. This yeah. isn't a this isn't a popular celebration because, of course, Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, and all of its Mm-hmm. Craziness, yeah, um, but you know, is is little children put their shoes out mm-hmm. and it's filled with with little, you know, little small gifts, mm-hmm. you know, and um and we talk about Saint Nicholas and the idea of giving and you know, um, it's a beautiful feast that maybe that's something that you you know, especially if you have young children. Yeah.
0: They love it, by the way. Mm Yeah,
1: and it doesn't need to look little kids. And this is what I noticed, um, you know, with my with my nephews and my niece one Christmas. I mean, they were like blowing through toys. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, oh, great. Oh, great. You know, they like kids these days. It doesn't matter what you get them. No, like it. it, You know, the bigger it doesn't matter. You could spend hundreds of dollars and it's in the, you know, the pile, you know, Mm -hmm. the next second. But are we teaching them to appreciate you know, small gifts or small acts of kindness. or you know? Are we teaching them to appreciate the little things and the tradition that comes behind it? That's right. You know, not just hey, guess what? Here's your, more stuff. Put your shoes out, and you're gonna get candy yeah. stuck in your nasty little shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, yeah, I was yeah. never a big fan of like no. things that I'm gonna eat going in my shoes. Am I right?
1: But but like, and then we have two beautiful, beautiful feasts of Our Lady. Mm. Of course, on December 8th, we celebrate the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know go to mass. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's like if you want to celebrate the characters of Christmas, right? Enter into the idea that Mary had to be born without original sin, mm-hmm. and what does that mean? Yep. Right. And I, I, you know all the time I'm like when I was growing up, oh, they Mac the conception. I know it's a, it's church. a thing. Right? It's a church here in Baton Rouge. <laughs> I didn't realize the idea that like in order for her to carry the God of the universe within her being Mm -hmm. right to be Theotokos, right to be the god bearer right that she had to herself be prepared Mm -hmm. right advented hello right can we enter into that idea and then um of course on december 12th we celebrate another feast of our lady our lady guadalupe
0: la guadalupe
1: beautiful and in this image right she um appears with child yep I mean, we know this because of of the ribbon that she wears across um across her waist, mm-hmm. right? And the story of of Juan Diego and, and like and, and all the fact of- that
0: she appears in 1534, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, and by her appearance, yeah. single handedly causes the mass conversion of Mexico from child sacrifice, yeah, into recognizing the Christ Child, right? You know.
1: Yes, and this is these are these all happen in the weeks, you know, c- leading up to Christmas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And so maybe this Christmas, maybe you're you're you know, and it, sometimes I get in the funk. Every couple of years, I get in the funk of Christmas, and I don't enjoy it. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just full of like <laughs>
0: Kathleen's Christmas funk. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've I become a Grinch. It's not good. <laughs> um, but maybe you're in that same. You're you're kind of looking for something to enter into, man. Maybe like I, what I would say is pick one of these characters and enter into their story, maybe it's Mary, you know maybe you're celebrating these feasts in a different way. maybe you're you know reading some more about what is the Immaculate Conception what is you know what is the story of Our Lady Guadalupe maybe um you're sitting with Saint John the Baptist mm-hmm. right and and his words prepare the way of the Lord. maybe you know maybe for those guys out there, maybe you're sitting with Saint Joseph, yep right and and what the heck you know like mm-hmm. is his is his feeling is his how is he you know preparing his own life mm-hmm. his own home yep right to not only care for Mary but to care for Jesus yep and all that that's gonna entail for him you know maybe you're sitting with with some of these saints that are coming up Saint Ambroses and like Saint John of the Cross I think there
0: maybe should have been a song Joseph did you know
1: yeah. Mm.
0: Because I bet he knew a little bit less until, yeah, him, until it was handed on. Poor,
1: and poor Joseph. I, yeah, I feel like a lot of times he's like, oh, that's what's happening? Okay, cool. And, like. and
0: yet at the same time, because he was a just man, he yeah. had to be picking up all this stuff. I know.
2: Yeah. See, and Father Chris is like baiting me because uh-huh. we don't have time to talk about this. But did Joseph okay. know? Yes, he
0: knew. Yeah.
2: He knew a lot more than people give him credit for. But yeah. anyway, we will talk about that later. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's
0: a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, Joseph did indeed know. Because he loved
2: Mary Mary second to God, he knew her virtue, and he yeah. knew that the child within her, if she was pregnant, must have been some kind of divine plan. That's right. Nice. Because, he didn't know how, but he knew.
0: Because Joseph also knew the scriptures. Yes. You know, he also knew the prophets. Thank you. You know, um, one of the ways, <laughs> I wanted to give you a chance for, for redemption there. Actually, I was the one who set you up. So
2: Yeah, uh, he was like so, like flicking his little eyebrow at me, too. I was,
0: indeed, yeah. So uh, as we come towards the the. the the bottom of our program here. Yep. We, we don't want to leave you without a segment. Okay. Yeah. And so this segment, uh, we finally think we've come up with a name for it. It's called Catholic Word Search. Yeah. Nice. That needs a theme song. It does. Wow. We don't have a theme song for it yet. But so, um, so, yeah, Catholic Word Search today is Gaudete. Gaudete is the word for today. Excellent. All right. Yeah. So, Gaudete, why would we use that word? Well, because it appears in the liturgy of the church mm-hmm. that's right so um if you when you go to mass for the third sunday of advent you may notice a couple of things you might notice first of all that the priest is wearing vestments that are not purple or violet but they are in fact rose i knew you were gonna say rose well i mean they're he,
2: not pink no
0: Maybe they are, but Maybe. Yeah. I do have a set of vestments that are very, very closer to pepto than they are to ah, rose. Nice, That's true.
1: Okay, yeah. love it. Love it.
0: Um, but any shade will do, mm-hmm. and and it's because early, early on in the church there was um, a, a forty day fast that happened as a preparation for Christmas. Okay. So it was it was kind of like Lent. In fact, it was called Saint Martin's Lent yeah. oh, because yeah. it started on the eleventh of November and it empties out right before Christmas, okay? Mm. And, and so Gaudete Sunday was an opportunity kind of like we have in Let- Letare Sunday to take a moment to rejoice that the feast was almost upon us. So Mm -hmm. you could put flowers in the church, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the priest would vest differently, and it was a reminder for you to go, all right, final push, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your forbearance be known to all, for the Lord is near at hand. That quote from Philippians 4, 4 through 6, and then that paraphrase of Psalm 85 as well this notion that we ought to rejoice in the lord always and so that serves as what's called the introit for the mass mm-hmm. the opening uh, theme if you will it was chanted early on please lord let it be chanted more in churches mm. gaudete in domino semper rejoice mm-hmm. in lord always yeah i and love so, it that's mm-hmm.
1: what, it's one of my favorite um that's you know and that's all, i've talked about this all the time that's what i love about uh, the liturgy is that it's the visible signs of it. It yep. we are we're tangible people. And so things change and it, and you know the visuals change and the you know the the readings change and you know even though um advent is is different from Lent in that you know we wait in joyful hope yeah. for the major for the you know the whole of advent um and there there's less uh mm. emphasis on um, on sin and, you know, and mm. repentance and even though that's part of it, but you know, there's less emphasis on it. There, there is this, okay. You know, we, we have, we're now got to the purple cane. I mean, the pink candle, we lit two purple ones. Now we're at the pink one, <laughs> almost there right. out of four, you know, and, and things change and it's, it's a, it is a visible You know, what it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. a visible sign of an invisible reality, Um, this this visible, tangible thing um, in a way that we that we celebrate our faith, you know, that we celebrate, um, you know, this this time of waiting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the
0: things I've become more adept at is is the notion that Advent did at one time have a penitential character. And I, in my own life, uh, have tried to, to reinsert that, that notion, because we do. We don't quite know what to do with the Advent season, yeah. um, because it does seem so much more subdued. And of course, it was, uh, Advent was reduced to four weeks um, in the ninth century. Yeah. Um, and so there, there was this sense of, of a little bit more subduing of the penitential season. Um, but I, there's a lot to be said about that. In fact, I My poor parishioners, I've been preaching about the Sacrament of Reconciliation a lot, (laughs) you know, because uh, you can't look at John the Baptist's cry to say, I am baptizing you with water for the forgiveness of sins, but I can't forgive your sins. The one who's coming after me is going to do that, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So there's this notion of, of John the Baptist setting something up that when Jesus comes, it will be concluded. Hmm. And that's exactly what happens when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation is what was begun in our baptism, original sin being wiped away through the power of Christ in the midst yeah. of that sacrament now gets to be relived as our actual sin is wiped away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Original sin wiped away at baptism. Thanks be to God. But our actual sin also gets wiped away. It's like a in a sense it's a a well, it's not just a sense. We are renewing our baptism yeah. mm-hmm. when we are going to the sacrament of reconciliation. That's a reason to rejoice. Mm-hmm.
2: When I love to, I've been sitting over here thinking about, like, so for all the reasons that y'all are talking about, like, That Those are like the tangible or substantial reasons for our rejoicing. But I love that, like, even the word Gaudete, like, in Latin, that's an imperative. Like, Mm -hmm. you were commanded. You will rejoice. rejoice. You know, it's not like, maybe, if you have time, won't you? You know, it's a, you will rejoice. And I love that, like, I love that it is a command because... It's 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 one of those side effects of love or one of those those consequences of love. Love makes demands. Yeah. Right? And one of the demands, even of a, a season that is penitential and even of a season that is meant as like a entering into a longing and that can be really difficult, the command is to Rejoice, yeah, right? Yeah. Like to remember the reason for your hope. And like the, the second part of that quote that you started from Philippians, mm-hmm. have no anxiety about anything, yeah. but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, right? Like rejoice because the Lord knows, right. right? Rejoice because the Lord sees your longing and he's doing something about it actively. Yeah. And that's the whole reason for the coming of Christ who destroys sin and death. You know, yeah, yeah. so like there there's a all of these these reasons that we can point to for our rejoicing, but it's like the voice of God like really crying out to us, like yeah. I love on, on Gaudete Sunday, like you you will rejoice, mm-hmm. right? And even yeah. if you aren't right now, you will.
0: That's right. Yeah. You know? Because I am coming. Mm-hmm. I am coming. And I, I always it's always interesting this time of year because we so many people have so many things that are kind of kind of hooked on to, to the Christmas season and so there's a lot of oftentimes sadness, especially yeah. as you deal with not having uh, certain family members with you, yeah. those who have died in the past year and because it's a big time. But to be able to, to reconnect with the reality that this is not the end. We, yeah. are, we are not just trying to stay alive because the opposite is becoming a zombie. No, that's not yeah. what we believe. And so this really can be a season of rejoicing, a season of gladness, yeah. a season where we allow the Lord um, to, to be the bosom into which we mourn. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. To be able to, to, to enter into this season, sometimes even if it's mournful, but with mournful hope. Yeah. Because we are Christians and we have a reason. We have a reason. We do not mourn like the pagans who have no hope. We have a reason. And it is Jesus who is the Lord. This little Christ child Mm-hmm. who existed from before time began, yeah. now comes to be born among us and then wishes for us to be drawn into the life of God. And that's the whole reason that he comes to earth is so that we can be drawn into his life. That's a reason to rejoice. Yeah.
1: It's
0: mm-hmm. a reason to rejoice. And that's why um, we, we hope that this will also be a season for you, no matter what 2020 has done mm-hmm. in your life. To be able to to arrive at, if not the third Sunday of Advent, then certainly Christmas Mass, uh, whether you you have to watch it via live stream Mm -hmm. or whether you're going in person, um, to be able to to say, Lord, I want to rejoice. Let me have no anxiety about anything. I make my supplication, my prayer, my request known to you. Lord, turn away captivity. Bring me to freedom. Mm -hmm. Catholic Underground is always made possible by viewers, by listeners, by prayer warriors like you, and by benefactors like you. Mm If you want to become an official undergrounder, you can go to catholicunderground.com slash donate and find out more. You can also help us out by letting letting others know about us, I should say. So remember to like us and to heart us and to star us on whatever platform you're listening to or viewing us Mm -hmm. on. If the podcasting service that you use to uh, listen to us has a review option, please leave a favorable, a favorable review and let other people know why you're listening and perhaps what the benefits of the program can be. We'd like that very much. Panelists this week have been uh, Kathleen Lee at klee 626 on Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen.
1: Anytime.
0: Also, Olivia Galino hath joined us. Tis true. It is indeed. She's at the.real.omg on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, she's always active on those social media accounts. With a lot, most of the time, with uh, with baking.
2: Oh yeah, and hopefully we'll have time for that soon.
0: Tis the season. Yay. Also, uh, we'd like to thank Jeff Blackwell, who is our technical director on uh, the phone today, and then also to Albert Dupont, who is our Johnny on the spot audio engineer. Thanks, Albert, and Ed Ball, <laughs> who is uh, managing to find his way through the Frankenstein that I've created in the video computer jim hayes our research assistant with his crew in the lab and you know me i'm father chris decker uh, you can find me on twitter and instagram at digital catholic and you've been listening to the catholic underground cutting through the noise and finding the still small voice we hope for the catholic underground and we will see you next time